quiet, Just the Tips is on. Hey everyone, it's Julian and Austin, and this is Just the Tips, the show where we take life pro tips, life hacks, and advice from the internet. We filter it through our degenerate brains, and then we vomit it out our mouths into your face. All right, you're back in timeout. What? Don't ever say that again. There's no middle ground with you, Austin. It's one extreme <laughs> or the other. I want it just right, Julian. God damn it. I'm trying. I got only me and only me to be, and I don't know how to be anyone else. And if I try to be anyone else, I fail. All right, Julian. Did you do any tips this week? Yeah, I did a tip. What'd you do? I can already tell you didn't. <laughs> I didn't grow a mustache like you because I don't want to look like an idiot. Uh... Well, Julian, I did several tips. Actually, I only did one. But last week we were talking about silica gel and how you, in all of its uses, I found an old bag of beef jerky and I took the silica gel packet out of the jerky, washed it, and I was going to put it in my gym bag. And uh, and now I can't find it, so I don't know if one of the cats got it, but I, I intend on putting it in my gym bag. So we have that to look forward to. How old's that beef jerky? It wasn't too old. Probably four, three or four months. Did you eat it? Yeah, most of it. I figured. And then Gee texted me, and he sided with you, which I wasn't happy about. We started talking. Well, he kind of did. We were talking. He was very surprised that I put my towel in my in between my butt cheeks to dry off. So I did a dry. I did a took a bath before this and I did a run and I don't go all the way in, but I, I kind of go a little in between the cheeks. But then Guy told me, because I don't, for those of you who don't know, Julian has a loofah that he puts in between his ass crack every time. And he uses the same loofah on his face the next day. Yeah. And what Guy is, he's such a luxurious man that he has a separate giant loofah just for his face. One for his butt and one for his face. <laughs> oh, I don't Isn't think that impressive. I I don't think I have enough room in my shower for two loofahs. I barely have any space as is. Yeah, that's so geek. Gee is, he is the cleanest apartment. He had he had at least 20 bottles of cologne, right? Oh, at least. He actually gave me one. It was a Country Stars cologne, and he like didn't like it. And so he's like, hey, Julian, you want this cologne? And was it I Tim said, McGraw? Yeah, it was Tim McGraw. I remember that. It was. And actually, it was my wife's favorite cologne of mine. Till I ran out of it, and she would always ask me to wear it. She'd like put on the Tim McGraw tonight, and I, and I would. You knew you were getting laid. Yeah, it was that just that easy, just a little Tim McGraw, and that's all I need. But um, it was a good cologne. I don't like his music, but the man smells good. I'll tell you that. Yeah, I haven't worn cologne in a long time. I. Like cologne, I can buy a bottle. It'll last me 10 years at least. I'm still using cologne that I have from my dad. Like when my dad passed away, he had all these colognes and I just took them. And uh, I still I still have a healthy amount of those colognes and I wear them all the time. Did he have any Dracar Noir in his selection? No, he had some like fancy French shit. And uh, I don't even know what they are. I don't recognize any of them, but they smell pretty good. So I feel like he has the same pheromones that I do, and they worked for him, so they work for me. Huh. Yeah, my dad's a big Dracar Noir fan. It keeps him alive. It's very musky. People people are like, I smell Mark. Like, no, nah, it's just me. My girlfriend just got this Kim Kardashian cologne, and the, the bottle is shaped like Kim Kardashian's naked body. 
It's very erotic. But, oh, it's perfume. And she put it on, and it smells exactly like the perfume that my mom wears. And it's it was very strange. <laughs> uh, that's My mom never wore perfume growing up, I don't think. I can't attach a perfume to my mom. I can attach aftershave to my dad, but not perfume to my mom. But I used to be a big uh, Tommy Hilfiger clone <laughs> fan. Hilfiger. Do you, yeah, that was good stuff. I remember it. Yeah. Tommy, Hil- Tommy Hilfiger. It's not figure? No. What? No, it's not. I've been saying Tommy Hilfiger my whole life. Yeah, you've been saying a lot of things. I th- I think before that I said Tommy Hilfiger, <laughs> and then I graduated to figure, and now it's figure. Yeah, Tommy Hilfiger. What? Yep. That's crazy. Yeah. Well, but they whatever it is, I had that cologne he too. made. He made a. I think there was several, but just the plain one in the clear bottle with the yeah. silver top. It was kind of squared with rounded yep. edges. Yeah, that one was great. Isn't it funny that we all wore the same cologne growing up? Yeah, it was like that. Cool, cool water, obviously. Aspen, Aqua de Gio. At one point, Calvin Klein. <laughs> Aspen. Calvin Klein was like unisex. Yeah, it could be a perfume. C- CK or... one, and they had a bunch of yeah. transgender people in the in the commercial. Very ahead of their time. I remember I used to go to the mall and go to the like sample section, and I would just douse myself in like several colognes. And walk around like I was the shit. Just smell horrible because you have a bunch of different cologne on? Yeah, and I thought that was cool. And I would just, like, shower myself in cologne. Wow. I No wonder I got so many ladies when I was younger. Yeah, it's sad to, I'm sad to see that Cool Water is finally dying off. You know, it, it lived through our generation because of Snoop Dogg and the Lottie Dottie song, but... The young kids don't know about it anymore. Well, you can still get it at TJ Maxx. Oh, yeah. It's still out there. Just nobody wears it. That's too bad. Did you ever encounter those bootleg cologne sellers in college? <laughs> I've I've had bootleg colognes. Yeah, I don't remember. Were they like selling it out of a van or what? Pretty much. They came to Noah's house once and they were sampling it. It was almost like one of those parties that girls have where they try a bunch of sex toys, (laughs) but it was colognes. And they were like, yeah, man, I forget what their story was. They had some story about why they were able to obtain this cologne for so cheap. And it was like $30 a bottle. And it smelled good for like a minute. And then it had no smell at all anymore. Yeah. And so I remember we all bought them. We're like, dude, this is crazy. I got like this cologne. And we like went nuts and we all got a bunch of them. And then we all realized that they fucking suck and they don't smell like anything after a minute. Yeah. That was a big industry. The the cologne that smells like something else. And it's weird to think that there were scientists just working on mixing these ingredients and try to make these things. I mean, I don't know how they did it, but, but yeah, that was the thing. It, It smelled like it briefly and then it would. Smell like either nothing or something else. Do you know why real colognes are so expensive? Why? Because it has whale bile in it. It's one of the most valuable substances in the world. And it it's what they use in really expensive colognes. And it's like extremely rare to find. But if you find it, it's worth more than gold. Whale bile? Yeah. Look it up. I don't even know what that means. It means like the whales regurgitate this material out of their stomach and it has a very pungent smell to it. And somehow the, the cologne people are able to put a tiny bit of that into 
their colognes and that's what makes their smell so strong is this a story that some random guy told you at a bar like seven years ago or is this true no it's i swear to you look it up all right i'll look it up later all right all right well thanks julian that was good uh walk through memory lane talking about colognes that we used to wear here it is first thing whale bile perfume see man finds whale vomit could be worth five hundred thousand dollars wow yep it's called ambergris. Ambergris or ambergris or gray amber is a solid, waxy, flammable substance of a dull gray or blackish color produced in the digestive system of sperm whales. Freshly produced ambergris has a marine fecal matter smell. It requires a sweet, earthy scent as it oh, it acquires a sweet, earthy scent as it ages, commonly likened to the fragrance fragrance of rubbing alcohol without the vaporous chemical. I don't know. Address at I don't know. What That's that word is. yeah. I get the point. It has been highly valued by perfumes as a fixative that allows the scent to endure much longer. Although it has mostly been replaced with synthetic. Im- ambrosicide <laughs> dogs are attracted to the smell of amber chris and are sometimes used by amber chris searchers and you should see the photo on wikipedia there's a guy posing next to uh several large rocks of whale vomit with the sweetest haircut i've ever <laughs> seen just look up on the wikipedia page he looks like quite the amber chris swinger send it to me Okay, here. Wow, so so that stuff's worth a lot of money, huh? Yeah, if you ever find whale vomit, fucking jump on it. It might be time for us to retire the metal detectors and get some dogs. start searching the beaches for, for whale vomit. Get some. I bet there's a breed of dog that specifically searches it out. Yep. Click on that link and look at that dude's sweet haircut. And for our listeners, just go to Wikipedia and type in ambergris. I'll add it to the show notes. So, see Austin, learn something new. And there's the first tip. If you see some whale vomit, pick it up. It look, Yeah, it just looks like big rocks. I wouldn't know what it was. But you'd probably smell it and be like, oh, what the fuck? And then be like, oh, that's that shit. Yeah, all right. Well, are, are we done? Can we move on? Yes. All right. Is it your turn or my turn to go first? I believe it's my turn, Julian. Okay, I'll I'll believe you. Okay, I feel like I'm very qualified to share this tip, and it's uh, from Reddit, you should know, and it's posted by user ZRob6, and it's, if you're in public and you're in a rush to find a restroom, before you risk a gas station bathroom, you should look for Home Depots or Targets. Both usually have clean restrooms that are open to customers and don't have security codes to get in, and someone mentions right away that be careful with Home Depot if you're going between the hours of 5 a.m. and 8 a.m. because all the construction workers are going to be taking a shit after drinking their morning coffee. <laughs> I think. But what do you think about that tip? Trent? I mean, yeah, you, I I, I've gone on a lot of road trips and in those tiny little towns that you pull off to take a piss in. I'm not seeing a lot of Home Depots or Targets. Those are usually more populated areas. It doesn't need to be a tiny town. It could be you could be in L.A. or anywhere on your way home and then you just have an emergency shit you know like one of the one of those photo finishes where you're like running into the bathroom 
as it comes out. I think I've only had like one or two of those in my entire life. I specifically remember one, the Trader Joe's situation. Yeah. <laughs> On the way home from the from Ventana and I literally lived like 5 minutes from Trader Joe's and I couldn't even make it home. Yeah. And I had to run in like right before they closed and drop it. I out. always thought that was so weird. I was like who stops at Trader Joe's to shit? But it, I guess it was an absolute emergency. I remember too because their bathroom is like behind the the doors where like staff go, and I had to go back there and be like, "Where's your bathroom?" And they sent me there, and it was just like a single stall oh. that the staff uses. It wasn't like a public restroom, but they saw the urgency on my face and they let me in. <laughs> I don't remember what I was doing or where I was headed. I just remember that was yeah. That you were was, coming. I was your roommate, or I think so. I just remember you. I remember you rushing into the house, and I was so confused at why you stopped into, or you didn't rush into the house. I remember you coming home and telling me the story, and I was just shocked that you picked Trader Joe's. I didn't know what else to do. I was panicked. I was in a craze. I had shit about to explode out of my asshole, and I had to I had to release it somewhere other than my pants. Well, so that's the point of this tip, is that if you're not going home, and you're running around town, and you have an emergency... It could be a number one, but you're going somewhere else. You can stop it, look for a target or something like that, and basically do whatever you can to avoid gas station bathrooms at all costs. Mm. Well, that's a very good tip because, yeah, they suck. Although some are kind of entertaining with the weird shit you find in them. But other than that, they are gross. Do you remember in college at U of A, I knew where every good toilet was to take a shit that you could access? Yeah. Do you remember the, the best one was... The second floor of the student union on the west side. Yeah. You introduced that one to me. There was nobody ever. It was the one we used at catering all the time. And uh, yeah, that one was great. Yeah, that one changed my, my whole senior year experience. Yeah. There's never anyone in there. It was great. Yeah, it was awesome. It was like the cleanest bathroom and it was big and spacious and fairly new and no one knew about it. It was awesome. I knew that student union backwards and forwards from working there for so many years, and it was kind of nice. I knew all the little secret places. I always took pride in in knowing all the toilets. Like Keith would call me and he'd be like, "Dude, I'm at the Second Street Garage and I gotta take a shit." And I'd be like, "You're gonna want to go to the Modern Languages Building, go up to the third floor, East Corridor. That should be a good toilet for you." That was kind of fun about that. Like going to such a big school, like every single building was open to you. You could just like walk and explore forever. It was such a large campus and there's so many nooks and crannies that you're always discovering. Yeah, it's a it's a really cool campus, U of A. Did you ever go to the nuclear reactor in the engineering building? No. Near did I. I always wanted to and I never went. But I remember after like nine eleven, there was a article in like the Daily Wildcat or something about how that could be a terror terrorist target. And there's like a nuclear reactor in one of the buildings, but it's really small and weak. And they were saying that that could be a, a, a target next. Yeah, I, I vaguely remember that. Yeah. You were probably freaking out went. about it. I don't know if I was freaking out, but I probably was telling every single person I ran into about it. Yeah, I guess that's more accurate. Yeah, <laughs> I was definitely telling every person about it and i never went and saw it for myself it could have been just some bullshit article in the daily wildcat but i miss the daily wildcat the police beat was the best yeah it was always guys jacking off in the library like homeless guys yeah flashers 
homeless guys, drunk people. Do you remember that girl that came over to Adam's house that one time and she was all like drugged out? She was at, like his neighbor is a stripper and she was one of her stripper friends. And she came over and was like, do you guys have any what she want? I think she wanted heroin or meth or something. I don't remember what it was. And we're like, no. And she's like, oh, okay. And then she kept like begging for it. And then she like took her top off and was playing the ukulele. Do you remember that? Yeah, kind of. She like, she, you guys went out and smoked a cigarette and I was sitting on the couch there with her and she picked up the ukulele and she came over and she goes, do you know how to play this? And I was like, no. She goes, well, can you teach me? And she just sat on yes. my lap and then took her top I off. I do remember that. And was asking me to play the ukulele, teach her to play the ukulele. And I was like, uh, yeah, sure. And I just <laughs> pretended to start strumming the ukulele. Let me show you and, some chords. And yeah. And uh, it was so funny. It was such an odd experience. And then they ended up leaving. And the next, and I remember she was like, going to pick up her boyfriend from the airport. And this girl, she was like 18. Remember? She was like freshman in college. And she looked way older. A rough 18. But she was like a blonde bombshell. And she was 18, already stripping in Tucson, and already all fucked up on drugs. And anyway, she left because they had to go pick up her boyfriend from the airport. And the next day or two days later in the in the Daily Wildcat it said that the police were called to a dorm room because of some intoxicated person. And when they answered the door, it was a naked girl who was all jacked up on heroin and like refused to put her clothes on. And her boyfriend was also on heroin. And I remember she had told us her dorm is Coronado. And that was the dorm they were in. And it was that girl, man. <laughs> wow. It was that girl that was all jacked up on heroin and with her boyfriend and the police called at like four in the morning and she was naked and refused to put her clothes on wow. and they had to come to the rescue. That was really something. The only one I remember is I remember some girl was in the library and on the second or third floor and she was studying and fell asleep in one of those just like, I don't know, like a recliner that doesn't recline one of those big chairs. And she fell asleep, and she had her foot feet up in another chair and, like, some Birkenstocks on. And she woke up to some homeless guy sitting in a chair next to it, just looking at her toes and jacking off. And she woke up and screamed, and he ran away. Dude, there are so many creeps around there. I remember the, the Tyndall garage near our my dorm. There was, like, multiple rapes the year that we went there. And I, I just felt so bad for girls around that campus because there are just so many creeps and weirdos everywhere and i mean it's a it's a, it could be a scary place at night i felt safe yeah no one's raping you no but if i was a female walking around at night i would be fucking scared shitless man i'd be carrying a, a, a gun on me or something yeah it's it would be terrifying to be a woman yeah anyway all right well on to our next tip Let's go to a lighter note. This next one was going to be... Actually, this one's good for all those girls that want to buy a gun to protect themselves. And it comes from username 10 minutes late. That's a great username. It's a Reddit life pro tip. And it's when shooting a gun for the first time or bringing a friend to shoot a gun for the first time... 
put only one bullet in the cylinder magazine clip when you're ready to shoot. Shooters do dumb things after their first shot. Better they do it with an empty gun than a fully loaded one. Austin, as a gun nut, what do you think of that? <laughs> that seems good. I don't know. Yeah, that's definitely good. I've seen videos of of people getting kicked out of gun ranges. You know, they'll shoot one and then they'll do some dumb shit, wave it around, and one of those guys that works at the place like runs in there and rips it out of their hand and kicks them out. But I don't know much about guns, but my dad is a, a big time gun aficionado, and the advice that he gave me that always stuck with me and I think can help anyone be safe with guns is basically always pretend the gun is loaded. Even if you're positive that it's not loaded, pretend that it's loaded and never point the barrel at anybody, even if it's empty. Just always keep the barrel down unless you're shooting someone, but uh, otherwise... Or up. Yeah. But don't point at anyone. Always pretend it's loaded and... You should be fine. Didn't you get some kind of like special gun lessons where the guy trained you in case someone breaks into your house and he he did something like that? Didn't, oh, no, he just made you load everyone individually, right? So you get good at it. Yeah, he said to get like because you want to handle you want to get the maximum amount of handling of a gun you can to like get used to every aspect of it. So in order to maximize that, he his recommendation was to single load a, a bullet in every clip and then every time you shoot it you have to unload the clip open the gun and and lock the hammer and reload the clip reload the gun and just keep doing that and you'll get way more used to handling the gun than you would if you just loaded all the bullets in the clip fired them unloaded the clip yeah put a new clip in that makes sense i did that with 200 rounds Damn. And yeah, I felt so much more confident and I still feel very confident. Like I was so much quicker and it was just so much more natural after doing that 200 times. You ever put the gun in your pants like in the movies? No. But that guy, shout out to Fabio. His name's Fabio? Yeah. He's he's awesome. Obviously. He emailed me today as a promotional email for his business that he is one of 20 three other people who broke this record where you shoot a gun two times in someone's chest and once in their head in less than 1.38 seconds. And he's the 24th person in the world to ever do it. Cause I guess there was some scene in Miami vice where that happened and it like blew audiences mind. And so all these like gun guys were like, I'm going to make, I'm going to see if I can do that. And they all like set out to like shoot, uh, target twice in the chest and once in the head in 1.38 seconds and finally someone beat it and then someone else did and now he's the 24th person to ever do it wow good good for him man yeah i always like the the targets that they have at the gun shops i haven't been to a, i haven't been shooting in five years but last time i went i think they still had osama bin laden targets where he's like creeping <laughs> oh, i know that one. they used to have saddam hussein ones yeah People are just feel like they're so patriotic, just like fucking killing terrorists. Oh man, it is funny. I it, it's shooting guns is fun, but you do run into some funny people at the gun ranges, and some scary people too, because there are definitely some real idiots at the gun ranges. But the guys that work there, they always have the gun on their on their hip. Oh yeah, but they know like every rule, and they're super safe about it, and and all that. They're always super cool. Every actually, every single person I've met in the gun community that is like 
working in it has been the nicest person in the world. It's a really friendly community, but they love their guns. Was that you that I was with? Did we go to, I went to see one of the Kill Bill movies and there was a guy that had like a 44 Magnum. Yeah, that was me. And he had the bullets all the way around his belt. Like yeah. Like fucking Rambo or something. He, he sat in the same row as us. And I was like, this guy's either going to murder us or protect us. I don't know which one it is. He was a protector, Austin. <laughs> yeah, he was he definitely was, a protector. <laughs> he, was, he reminded me of the guy with the mustache from... Uh, the big Lebowski. Yeah. And after the movie was over, Julian grabbed the guy's hand and kissed it and said, thank you very much. And then we walked out. Thanks for keeping us safe. Yeah. That was good. It was awesome. He didn't like that too much. And he put, he, he threatened to pull his gun out on me. But I think once he realized where my heart was, he, 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 he appreciated it. It's always weird to me that in movies people shoot guns and like confined spaces and no one ever complains about how loud it is those things are so fucking loud dude crazy like i as soon as i get to the gun range i put my hair my, put your hair back uh, ear protect <laughs> no i put my ear protection on as soon as i step out of the car because some people like wait till they walk up to the range to do it but man someone lifts a gun off like within 20 feet of you that shit is so loud especially if it's an indoor range blow your fucking ears out oh you're talking about an outdoor range as soon as you get out of the car yeah 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 i was like that seems like a bit much (laughs) for an indoor range i only go to an outdoor range i don't like indoor ranges i like outdoor ranges i just i don't know it's nice to be outdoors i've been to one indoor range it was whatever it's nice yeah all right julian well thank you for that gun safety tip you're welcome I guess I'll, I guess I'll do another tip. Okay, I think that's how it goes. I got a perfect transition, and it's about storing fresh veggies to extend their life. And it's a eat cheap and healthy tip brought to us by Red Nose Balloon, Red Nose Baboon. And this is a long one, so <clears throat> I want to sit down. It's just some tips for storing veggies to keep them fresh and extend their life, and. This guy said he has this method that he wants to share that dramatically extends the life of greens and many other veggies. He uses it with red cabbage, kale, romaine, red leaf lettuce, even green onions, Julian. What you will need is a bowl with a lid or a large plastic bag or any container with a lid, really, a dish towel or paper towels, and a strainer. And a salad spinner is especially helpful if you have one. But otherwise, a strainer will be fine. Get your veggies, take them out of the package, chop them up however you want, and give them a good wash. Then dry them as much as you possibly can. Tap the colander in the sink and shake the water out. Then use the salad spinner if you have one. If not, try and blot away as much moisture as possible with the paper towels or a towel. Put the veggies on the towel, roll it up, gently squeeze, get all that juice out. And now's the magic part, Julian. Put a dry towel or paper towel in the bottom of your container, then put the dry veggies on top, then put the lid on it, of course, and put it in the fridge. If you're using a plastic bag, lay the bag on its side of the fridge so that the towel is on the bottom. And he said this method has allowed him to keep veggies fresh for two weeks, if not more. And he says it takes a lot more time than just leaving them in the package, but it's totally worth it. It keeps your veggies fresh and they're ready to go whenever you need them. And it also makes it easy just to grab handfuls of veggies when it's time to eat. So you can eat more vegetables, you know, which we've been trying to do. So, yeah, that's that's a lot. 
Jesus Christ, Austin, were you ever going to shut up? That was the most boring tip ever. I think I'm going to give it a try because I always my veggies always go bad. That's a great tip, but you could have condensed that way down. You better write that entire tip down in the show notes because no one's going to remember all those steps. Well, I'll just put a link to this guy's post. Okay. That seems like a good idea because I know it's a very common issue to just continually buy veggies and have them go bad. There's a 10% chance if I buy a vegetable that it's not going to get ro- go rotten. I know. It's so sad. I'm so, like, I have every good intention of doing it, and then I use the vegetable for the one dish that I needed it for, but you can never buy just, like, a single carrot. So then I have all these other carrots, and I'm like, oh, I'm going to eat those carrots with this hummus or whatever, and then I don't, and they all end up wilting and going bad. One thing that has a pretty good shelf life that I buy all the time and stays good for a while. And they're also just delicious to snack on or cherry tomatoes. Yeah. I love cherry tomatoes. My favorite kind of tomato. Hell yeah, man. I'll eat that shit. I'll eat a handful of them. They're so good. Especially. I like the multicolored ones. No, those are the best. They're just fun. Yeah. I made um, some in my air fryer last night with some chicken and it was so good, man. They were just, they became so sweet, and every time you bit into one, it just like exploded sweet juice in your mouth, and it just complemented the chicken and couscous so well. It was a real delight. You know what's really good is you cut a cherry tomato in half and then char it on a on a hot pan. That's really fucking good. Put and then mix it in with something else, or just eat it straight up. Yeah. Like most diets, you know, whether it be vegan or just any kind of healthy diet, they typically say that your diet should be mostly veggies. And I believe that, but goddamn, that's so hard to do. You have to get so creative. And although there are so many veggies, I feel like when I go to the store, I, I end up buying the same three things every time. And then I'll go online and I see some guy that has this colorful salad with like beets. And I'm like, oh shit, I forgot about beets. And then all this jicama, I'm like, oh yeah, I forgot about jicama. And I just keep buying fucking broccoli and uh, spinach and kale and they continually go bad. So I don't know. I don't know what the trick is, man. Yeah. It's really, I mean, if you can get good at cooking vegetables, I've had some dishes of vegetables. I think we talked about this last episode. They'll knock your sock sauce off. I remember we went to uh, Seattle and Coral and I were doing a little uh, bar crawl and we were just getting little snacks at each bar. And we went to this one place and they had this snow pea salad. It was literally just snow peas with some sort of dressing on it. And it was like so simple and it was one of the best things ever. I think the quality of the vegetables has a lot to do with it. You know, you need good ingredients. And these were like fresh in-season snow peas. So they're like super sweet. It was like, I, I still remember it to this day as like one of the most standout nope, there's tiny. dishes. Hey, he wanted to be on the show. Yeah, I, um, I wonder about that. Because I think our organic vegetables, they actually taste better. I, I've heard this recently and it makes sense. I don't know if that's true. I think it depends. Like, I think carrots, definitely. I've never had a broccoli that really tasted any different from other broccoli. Potatoes, I think, all kind of taste the same, regardless of if they're organic or not. I think sweet I think sweet peas, definitely. I think the sweeter vegetables, you can tell a difference. I'll put it that way. There, I've seen a list of, of, well, I guess this list was which vegetables are most important to buy organic and which ones are less important, but it's based on how healthy they are and you know how much how many pesticides and bullshit you're eating but i can't remember where it was you know what one really shines in quality is corn on the cob 
you get some quality corn on the cob. You don't even have to cook it. You can just eat it straight out no way. of the hot. Oh, dude, it's. Are you serious? I swear to God. When I grew up in Maine, we'd get the best corn. and uh, Maine is known for their corn. Well, they got a lot of farmland up there, and we'd go to the farms and get that fresh corn, and it was just so sweet and juicy. You'd literally just like eat it on the way home. It was so good. Wow. Can't find that out here. I can imagine your dad looking back and going, Julian, quit eating that corn. <laughs> <laughs> no, if it was healthy, I could eat as much as I wanted of anything. It's it's the unhealthy stuff. Yeah, but you got to save some for later. I know. But it was funny. Like There were a few unhealthy dishes that we would always eat, like pizza and fish and chips, because my parents both loved those things. So we'd always be eating pizza and fish and chips, which are extremely unhealthy. Not that we'd eat them all the time, but if we were going to like splurge, that's what we would splurge on. Dude, I actually went to a farmer's market. Veronica and I went last week for the first time in a long time. And I told myself I was going to turn over a new leaf. I bought some fresh eggs there and some kale uh, and other stuff. And I was like, if I don't finish this kale, I swear to you, I'll kill myself. And it went bad. I ate like one leaf of it. And yet you're still alive, Austin. Yeah, I'm going back on my word. Jeez. But now I know this tip, so maybe next time it'll buy me some more time. Speaking of eggs, have you, you've had happy eggs, right? I don't think so. What is that? You've never had happy eggs? No. It's a brand of eggs where the chickens are actually raised in a pasture and not in a enclosed building. So they're raised outside and they have pictures of the farm. They're, they're in a yellow box. You can get them anywhere. They alone are amazing. Like you can tell the difference in the yolk and like the flavor. They're just really good. But then they make this heritage version where it's like, I don't know what the types of chickens are, but they're a different breed than your just standard white chicken. And the heritage edition comes in a blue container. And these are the best eggs I've ever had at a store. They are so freaking good. They come in, they're different colors. They'll be white, brown, spotted. Really? And then you, you crack them open and then it's like the darkest, richest yolk. You put that in front of anyone on a breakfast table and I don't care if they're gay straight or what you're getting your dick sucked. Julian, how do you, cause they're that fucking good. How do you know so much about eggs? I eat a lot of eggs in our family and I only try to buy the best eggs. And those are the best ones I found followed closely in second place by the Trader Joe's dark yolks. Those are also really good. I can't believe I haven't seen that. They're excellent. I thought I'd seen everything at Trader Joe's. Yeah, get the dark yolks. They're great. Way cheaper than the Heritage. The Heritage eggs are like seven or eight bucks for 12 eggs versus $6 for the regular happy eggs. And then, you know, your cheap shitty eggs are like $3. Yeah. But you'll taste where that money went, let me tell you. And you'll be real happy when your dick's getting taken care of because your eggs are so good. (laughs) Julian, you have so much to teach me about eggs. Have I told you about duck eggs? (laughs) No. (laughs) let me tell you well when i lived with jeff we went to an asian market once and they had duck eggs and jeff's like oh you ever had duck eggs i was like no and we went home and he bought a dozen duck eggs dude these eggs are so good one duck egg is the equivalent of two chicken eggs but the flavor is like five times that of a chicken egg really good but then 
I bought them again at an age, at, at a farmer's market and I brought them home and cooked them. And they were fucking rotten and they left a horrible taste in my mouth. And I haven't been able to eat a duck egg since because I had such a bad experience with that rotten duck egg. But if you can find good duck eggs, man, they are so good. It's always weird when you're in another country and for the first time you see you go to a place and see unpasteurized eggs that are just out. They're not in the fridge. They're just out on the fucking shelves with the cereal. You're just like, what? Do they not know? And then you find out that... You don't have to keep them cool. Isn't that weird? Yeah. They have a lot of different things. Like in, I'm sure you know all about it as the egg master. I do. And in Germany, another interesting thing, and probably other countries in Europe, they don't buy their milk cold. They buy their milk room temperature like you buy almond milk. And it's just in a box, and it has like a six-month shelf life because it's ultra-pasteurized. Cow milk? Cow milk. No shit. Yeah. It's really good, too. It tastes great. It's weird. Nobody drinks cow milk in America anymore, it seems like. Yeah, and I don't know how I feel. I I still enjoy a nice glass of chocolate milk sometimes. Dude, I had 2% cow milk chocolate milk last week, which I haven't had in like 10 years. I was like, God damn, this is fucking good, man. Oh, it's so good. Yeah, it felt dirty for some reason. Like I feel guilty drinking regular milk, even though I eat trash constantly. But I'm just like, hey, man, but I'm eating... I'm drinking flax milk, so I should be fine. Have you tried uh, the almond chocolate milk? I think so. I don't remember. I haven't had almond milk in a while. I kind of switched over to oat milk and uh, I don't remember, cashew milk or something. Usually oat milk and flax milk, but I rarely drink it. I don't know. I don't really drink milk. I use it for cereal and I use milk for cooking. So the only time I have milk in my fridge is if I'm cooking something that requires it. And then I buy the smallest container possible. And that's the only time I ever buy milk. But they're working on making a synthetic milk that will taste just like cow milk and, and be from a molecular level the exact same as cow milk, but made in a lab. And they take like the lactose and things that bother people out of it. And they're doing that with meat also. They're doing the genetically yeah. produced whatever meat. I read. I heard a, there's a new podcast on spotify called verse science where they take like different topics and they talk about the belief of the topic and then look at the science to see what holds water and what doesn't and they did one on lab-grown meat and the guy went to a startup in silicon valley silicon valley not silicon valley and they brought him out a duck chicken nugget that was grown in a lab. And he said it a hundred percent like he had no idea that it was any different than regular duck. It had the taste of it, the the feel of it. You mean like a fried nugget? Yeah. Like a fried nugget. Well, yeah, but that, that I feel like that shit's all made in a lab anyways. I would like you need to see like a piece of actual meat. Well, I've seen that too. They have frog raw, they have shrimp. <laughs> They have, you name it, they can now grow whatever part of the animal they want in a lab. And we're like just a few years away from this coming to market. And dude, I'm going to be a fucking carnivore when that comes out. I hope it does, man. I feel bad eating animals and I I feel like it's bad for you. It's bad for the environment. Well, you're right. It is. Especially all this shitty. I mean, we eat so much shitty meat with full of steroids and hormones and all kinds of crazy shit. And they were saying on the, on this episode that 
between I forget I think it was between one to two trillion fish are killed every year to uh, satisfy the global demand for fish. Yeah, fish got the short end of the stick. Nobody's ever given a fuck about fish. I mean, cows too, Ca- chickens. Yeah. And cows are always the billions. sweetest animals. I always see videos online. And I'm just like, God damn, cows are sweeter than dogs. <laughs> like they're just, you've never seen a video of a cow fucking biting a guy's hand or something. No, I mean. They're just like, hey man, are you my friend? And then we kill them. There are those bulls that will attack you. But besides that, yeah, a, your well, average yeah. dairy cow is a sweetheart. We should get one as a pet. Mm, I don't have the room for it. Anyway. All right, let's move on to a subject that ties into this. It comes from Cairo Catastrophe. Catastrophe? Cairo Catastrophe. I would love to see you teach somebody how to speak English. If you went to another country. (laughs) I'm just really bad at sounding things out. (laughs) It's the worst. When I have meetings and there's like some chemical that I have to like read about. I'm like the worst at it. I'm, I'm, I usually say I'm not even going to attempt to say that, but here's what you need to know. You remind me of that episode of the Simpsons where Homer became a, a big brother to this little kid named Pepe and Homer would just continually give him wrong information. You remember that? Oh God. I, you're so good at paraphrasing. Yeah. Why don't Austin. I, why don't I, why don't I get into it? The guy in front of him is like, <laughs> you know, uh, I won't go into it, but he's like, you know, the whale is a mammal. Just like us, not a fish. And the little brother Pepe to Homer goes, is that true, Papa Homer? And he goes, no. (laughs) (laughs) Is that what happened, Austin? Julian, fuck you. That is hilarious, I'm sure, on the show, but you did a horrible job (sighs) describing it. So please. I I tried to shorten it. I I didn't lay the groundwork. We have so few listeners, we don't need to lose any more with your... Horrible paraphrasers. Yeah, why don't you fucking talk about eggs some more for another five minutes? Hey, people are going to go out and try those eggs, and they're going to thank me. So, anyway, getting back to Cairo Catastrophe's tip. It's a life pro tip from Reddit, and it has 69,000 upvotes, Austin. And this is something you should listen to because it's got to apply to you, and it's going to apply to me, and it's probably going to apply to a lot of our audience members. So, listen up. If you're young, don't forget that you'll have to inhabit the same body in your 40s. Do not beat it into the ground like it's a rental. A love of danger and continually pushing your body to its limit will take a toll in life later. Heavy alcohol and drug consumption will catch up to you. Even forgetting sunblock will eventually cost you. At the very least, eat right, start a skincare routine, and stay hydrated. I struggle with this. I know Austin struggles with this, and I'm sure many of you struggle with this. But it's so important, and it's something that we all put off, and we're like, oh, just one more day. But damn it, the day is today, and we got to do this for ourselves. Otherwise, we'll be kicking ourselves in the ass in 10 years. I look at someone like Action Bronson, who was morbidly obese, And he has, over this pandemic, transformed himself into a stud muffin of muscle. Yeah, it's amazing. It's very inspirational. Yeah. And this guy loves food more than all of us and alcohol and drugs. And yet he was able to do it given he has way more money than us and can probably hire like the best 
He has a trainers. personal trainer. Yeah. yeah. But still, it's impressive. Yeah. He still did the work. There's someone telling him to do the work. Yeah. He could tell that personal trainer to fuck off anytime. Yeah. And he does it. I think he does it every day because he posts something called every Sunday. He's like Sunday morning torture chamber. And he's just up early. Just And he doesn't do half-ass workouts. He does like crazy ass flipping tires and all kinds of shit i had a trainer where i was doing that stuff and i loved it man you get so into it it's been really hard like i've tried so hard to keep myself motivated to do crazy shit during this uh pandemic but it is very difficult to motivate yourself it's so much easier when someone is there pushing you telling you what to do and it's worth every penny in my opinion it's just too expensive man it's crazy it is really expensive i'm I'm an Orange Theory person myself. I really like that. Orange Theory is the perfect mix, I feel like. It is. Because it's it's expensive, but it's affordable. And you just, with a class of people struggling to do the same thing as you, it just motivates you. And you don't want to be a lazy slob. You can't just walk out, so you fucking get your ass kicked. Yeah. Oh, man, is it, it, it is torturous sometimes to get to go there. Because you sign up at Orange Theory. And you have to cancel four hours before your class or they charge you an additional fee for missing the class. And it's like 20, 20 or $30. It's not cheap. I'm so glad they do that, though. Otherwise, I would cancel every session. That's the motive. Otherwise, everyone would be dropping it all the time because it's so fucking hard. But once you're in that four-hour window, there's no backing out. And so, yeah, it's it's very motivating. Yeah. that's. I need to... Last time I was in good shape, I was going to Orange Theory, and I haven't had a membership in years, but I might have to, to get back into it. I'm going to re-up. I've tried doing it on my own. I, I can't push myself. You can't myself. do it, man. I keep telling myself I'm going to do it, and you just fucking can't. You have to go there. I even try the Pedalton, and I like I can do it, but I don't. It's still like I, I need to be moving around. Like The Peloton and stuff takes so long. Like It's just agonizingly boring sitting there watching a screen. And, you know, if someone's some of the coaches have good playlists and they can get me into it if I get lost in the music or if I smoke weed, that helps a lot. But for the most part, a lot of them have horrible taste in music. Yeah. And it's so hard to find music that gets me into it. And then I'm just like sitting there watching this person do the same thing I'm doing. That was the same thing I was doing yesterday, the same thing I was doing the day before. And it's just like not motivating. I need that that passion, that, that soul to, to yell at me and tell me to f- do th- 30 more push-ups and 20 more jumping jacks and do those fucking squat thrusts, you little bitch. I love the fact that you used to just get as high as you could in your car and then walk straight into Orange Theory. And Orange Theory is like mostly women and moms. And then Julian just comes in as high as can be in shorts that are like too big. You can see his dick print. There's probably like some pee left over on there and you're just couldn't be higher. I don't think it's that my shorts are too big. It's that my dick is too big for my shorts. You got it backwards. <laughs> well, you just have like, you always seem to have super baggy shorts on like, like, uh, you know, basketball players in the nineties, but yeah, your dick always manages to shine through no matter how big the shorts are, which is, you know, God bless you. But yeah, man, orange theory is it's for people that want to get in shape, but, they're just not going to do fucking CrossFit. Like, we're not going to do it. No. And I, I just feel like I'll hurt myself doing CrossFit. My, I got such old man knees, but they can at least handle Orange Theory. Yeah. Well, they have those really awesome treadmills, too, that have yeah. the shock absorption in it. Those are the best treadmills. Yeah, they have good equipment, man. 
and they always do have the worst playlist, but you just have to embrace it and just like, hey, it's Britney Spears. I'm just going to bob my head and get into it. And then when they do play a good song, like Snoop Dogg comes on and it, it makes you especially hyped because you've listened to five shitty songs. It just drives me nuts that they're edited. Yeah, well, that's what they got to do, man. I want to open a gym that has unedited music. I had this idea for a gym where I don't know if you ever go to a concert and you just get like super pumped up, but I want to like have a gym where like the central part of the gym is like the best music and you have like a DJ that's playing the music for the gym and you have like lights and it's like a concert with a gym in the middle and uh, <laughs> I would I would go work out there all the time mm-hmm. and you have a dance floor instead of cardio machines you just go on the dance floor and you go dance how high were you when you came up with this horrible gym idea I was high on several drugs but it's a great idea I would go to that gym you're the only person that would go to that gym no way but the problem is though most people have what I would consider to be a shitty taste in music and if not, that's why I would be the DJ. People just want to listen to different things. And so if I go to the gym, I may be in the mood to listen to a podcast or something different than the weird electronic bullshit that you're going to put on. I'm not going to. So I like to keep my headphones on. Hold up, Austin. I don't just listen to weird electronic shit. No, I know. Me and you have a lot of, I'd say we have like 60% similarity probably. 60? Which is a good crossover. I think the only thing I listen to that you don't listen to is electronic shit. And I guarantee I, if you gave me enough time, I could switch that, switch in your head. But I listen to some shit, that some weird shit that you don't listen to either. Yeah. Like Timber Timbre, like weird folk, I don't know, hipster shit, I guess. I don't know who that is, but I like some folk music. Anyways, I, that's a horrible idea for Jim. I mean, in theory, maybe. I don't know. I guess it's, I guess it would work. The Maybe I'm the wrong demographic. You're not the target audience, Austin. You're yeah, because I always want to listen to a very specific thing, and I guess most people aren't like that. Yeah, most people have horrible taste in music, and they listen to this shit, and I want to go to a place that has, like, I want to go to a place that's, like, going to Coachella, but you're working out. You were just trying to think of business ideas that involved you making playlists. I think that was the goal that you started with. Yeah. And that's what you came up with. Yeah, that would be... Well, actually, my wife gave me the idea that I should start marketing my playlists to like stores and stuff. Cause you know, they need like people to select music for their, for their whatever restaurant. Yeah. And I guess people get paid to do that. And uh, you're creating the atmosphere for people. Yeah. Good luck getting, good luck getting that job. I mean, I think you'd have to do it yourself. You just have to start marketing yourself. And I don't think there's like a company hiring for that position. You got to start your own thing. I highly doubt they're going to pay you that much. Most of them will just put on Pandora. They could either pay you or they could just pay 10 bucks a month and have Pandora play. Well, is Pandora going to play you this, Austin? Well, Julian, I stand corrected, and um, I guess I owe you an apology. I think it's a great business idea, and 
You're the ultimate playlist maker. Yeah. I know. See? Damn, Julian, you're the fucking man when it comes to making playlists. I don't know what to say. I can, hey, I, can I talk about the tip? I haven't even got to talk about it yet. Oh, what tip was it? <laughs> it's the one about taking care of your body because oh, yeah. you always have to inhabit the same body. And that that's such a good tip, but, you know, also your body is very resilient, you know, to play devil's advocate. And I think it regenerates itself every couple of years or something, so... I think once you get to your 30s, maybe you need to start taking it seriously. And I keep telling myself that I'm like 38. I'm really starting to feel the effects of age a little bit. Like it's, I don't know. And I'm just like, dude, now's the time. You got to start taking care of this shit. And then my brain's just like, wait till you're 40. You're almost there. Just wait till you're 40. Then get your shit together. But it's it's horrible, man. I need to get it. I need to get my shit together. I don't know how people in their 20s are able to care about eating healthy and like taking care of their body long term. I think it's just people that have the right mentality that they like the way the healthy food makes them feel and then they embrace that and kind of build momentum with it. But I, I just cannot get a streak going of eating healthy for a long period of time and it's mm-hmm. it needs to happen pretty soon here. Well, Colin and I are going on three days and we're going strong. And I, I know the funny thing is I haven't even worked out in the past three days, which is very uncharacteristic of me. Normally I work out every day. But I've just been busy and and haven't, and I've lost three pounds just by eating right. Yeah, they say it's like ninety percent diet. Yeah, it's the best way to lose weight. You gotta eat less. And I'm I was always like, well, I'm gonna work out, and I need, just need to like maybe forget working out and just realize that by eating light, I don't have to do the horrible workouts that I put myself through. But I I need to do both. Last night I went to bed and I was like, all right, dude, you're gonna intermittent fast until noon. And then at noon, I'm going to do a veggie shake because I got kale and spinach and all that stuff. And then I woke up and I just, before I even drank my coffee, I was heating a black bean crunch wrap left over from Taco Bell in the toaster oven. And I ate that right off the bat. Nice. But I learned a lesson rather than, or I, I feel like I made an improvement because rather than giving up on the day and saying, fuck it, I, I counted the calories. I went on a 15 mile bike ride, burned that shit off. And now I got... 1300 calories left for the rest of the day so just use half those suck it what just use half those half those calories oh it's too late we're going to be on bread i already got plans oh man what are you gonna get i'm getting a gordo's gorgonzola gordo's gorgonzola on jalapeno cheese bread at jalapenos that sounds like a diet winner right there what is a gorgonzola whatever you said Gordo's Gorgonzola. It's it's roast beef with they make a gorgonzola cheese sauce and then onions and jalapenos and uh, I get it on jalapeno cheese bread. It's not healthy, but it's fucking delicious and it's toasted, of course. I've never had that sandwich. I, I don't like roast beef. I don't either. Normally, actually, I got it with chicken one time and it was way better because they ran out of roast beef. But I don't know how to. I ordered it online and I don't know how to have them make it with chicken. Ordering it online and. There's no too lazy comment to call section. <laughs> yeah, you could call in, but I'm always too lazy to do that. I always liked uh, Bart's bag. It was a good one. Which one's that? The turkey with the brie and the and the honey mustard. Mm. It's really good. I never got into that, but it sounds good. For a while there, I was they have pretzel bread, which is like the most childish bread you could get, and I was getting it on pretzel bread for quite a while, but. I finally moved on to the jalapeno cheese bread, my true love. I haven't had Beyond Bread in so long, I miss it. Beyond Bread is weird because it's it's a local place in Tucson, for guys that don't know. 
like if you order right and you know what to order, they make the best sandwiches. But if you just go in there blind and order something, there's like a 50-50 chance you're just going to get some shitty-ass sandwich. Yeah, you got to know the, the stars on the menu. And uh, so go with Austin or I, and we can lead you in the right direction. Oh, like yeah. some of them that sound so good are not good. Like there's an Italian sandwich. I remember that I thought sounded so good on paper, but it was not good. And then some that sound just like plain Jane boring are so good. Like Rex's Revenge, the Caesar one on focaccia bread. Mm. Dude, that shit is so good. And it sounds so basic on paper, but it is delicious. All right. Um, next tip. Yep. I think we only got one more each because we're already in an hour. Yeah, we've really been blabbing here. Yeah. Okay. This is a life pro tip brought to us by Lulma123. And it's just because you're going through something that might be considered worse than what someone else is going through, it doesn't mean that their struggle situation is invalid or undeserving of compassion. And I think this especially applies when someone comes in and, and they're going through some shit and they complain about it. And then rather than being like, hey, man, I'm sorry, that sucks, someone just totally hijacks the story and they'd be like, yeah, man, I actually have this. And then they one-up like the shit they're going through and try to make their make it sound like they're going through more shit. And more importantly, they just hijack someone's story and change the subject about themselves. I feel like that happens a lot. But the point is, just because someone's going through something that may be less than what you're going through doesn't mean that it's not a real issue. Or on the other side of the coin, just because you have something going on that may not be a big deal, and there's much always, of course, going to be much worse shit going on in the world, doesn't mean that it's not a real problem that you have to deal with yourself. So, you know, I guess the point is just because a problem is small doesn't mean that it needs to be ignored or, or laughed at. Like it still needs to be addressed. I don't know, uh, Julian. You can you can just start talking. I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. Talk about a rambling jambling. <laughs> I drank an espresso before the show and it uh it really got me going. I can tell. Yeah, I guess yeah, I mean I think don't try to one up someone with a shitty experience. Like if someone's going through a shitty time, don't try to one up them with your shitty time because you don't know how much whatever they're going through is impacting them. You know, someone someone's father could die and it's not a big deal to them because, you know, they didn't really like their father but someone's cat could die and it could be the end of the world for them and the person who's lost their dad shouldn't try to compare what they're going through to the person who lost their cat because you don't know how impactful it is for each of you and so just respect that they're going through some shit and you're going through some shit and don't try to compare them you know which one's hard for me though is when someone's like grandma is like 98 years old and they die and the person just loses it you're like come on man what the fuck yeah are you but expecting? you don't know how close know, they are to their grandma uh, yeah maybe the grandma was like death is nothing that any of us want to face and so yeah i know that she's i'm wrong. 98 in in all logic she's gonna die pretty quickly but no one wants to if you're really close to that grandma and she's been a huge part of your life you can't discount the people's feelings I know. I know that I'm wrong, and I know that I'm being an asshole, but when I see it, I'm just like, come on. But and then I try to tell myself, I'm like, hey, man, you don't know what that lady did, and you can't tell people how to mourn. Yep. It's it's, it's something I'm working on, okay? All right. Well, work harder, because you're coming across like a real dick, and we're going to lose even more listeners. Jeez. We're going to lose a lot of listeners from you today, Austin. I know. All your blabbing, rambling, and then <laughs> saying 
insincere. Some controversial takes for sure. <sighs> we might have to fire Austin from the show. So write us who should be my new co-host. Um, anyway. All right. I got a tip. This one comes from Furbies. Furbsy. Fur, I do not know how to say this. Fur. Yeah, we can tell. Z. F U R E B S I. Julian, from now on, there's a 10 second time limit on delivering the name of the person. Okay. Well, Furbsy. You're already over it. Says. <laughs> If you put something down temporarily, say it out loud. I've put the screwdriver by the microwave or whatever. This engages many more areas of the brain, particularly the language centers, which creates a richer memory, making it less likely you'll forget where you put it. What if your wife walks by and sees you doing that? She's going to think you lost your fucking mind. I mean, I don't think you have to. I put the screwdriver by the fridge. She's like. Oh my God. You don't have to say out loud that loud. You can just you can just whisper it to yourself. <laughs> You're still sneaking it. You don't have to announce it to the world. Give me an example of you whispering it to yourself. I put the hammer next to the toaster. That's even creepier. Yeah, but that, I I could totally see that working though. Yeah, it does work. I use it all the time. Do you? You already just use joking. this? But I am gonna do. No, I haven't. But I'm gonna use it this week. <laughs> what? Have you been lying about everything? I feel like I don't know what's true anymore. You just, you so casually lied to me. No. Oh, yeah. Do it all the time, man. It's great. No, I don't casually lie. I just, I don't know why I said that right now. Looks like you're getting kicked off the show. I had a, I had a half bottle of wine during this podcast, Austin. It's finally kicking in. Oh, you did? I was wondering why your eyes were so, your eyes are pretty tight right now. Are they? Yeah. Dude, this wine is good. It goes down smooth. And it sneaks it sneaks up on you. Yeah, I guess so. But it's wet it's wi- it's wine Wednesday at the Ianini household, so I had to indulge. Half price bottles. Do you think this was our worst episode ever? Or? No. I <laughs> thought it was a great episode. Okay. And actually I have one more little tip. Oh. Before we leave. I friend sent me a website today. If you're looking to get vaccinated, you can go to this website called HiDrB.com. It's H-I-D as in dog, R-B as in boy.com. And it's a website where you can put your information in. And then if a vaccination place near you has leftover vaccines, they'll text message you and you have 15 minutes to respond. And then you can, if you can make it there in time, you can get a vaccine out you know ahead of when you would have normally gotten it that's cool i'll uh i'll add in the show notes so yeah i signed up today i don't know if i'll be successful there's 1.1 million people on it but that's nationwide and so yeah we'll see how it goes i'll let you know man you guys still haven't vaccinated yet it's pathetic shut up austin we're not all firefighters i got vaccinated in december the other uh thing you can do is uh you can volunteer in California, I don't know if this is true in other states, but in California, a guy at my work told me you can volunteer at one of the sites for four hours and then you become considered a like medical provider and then you qualify for the, the, the vaccine. So at the end of your four hour shift, they'll vaccinate you. Oh, really? 
Yeah. They, they just give you like a quick training session, just jabbing the needle into people? No, you're not. No, but you're not administering the shots when you're volunteering. Oh, okay. You're just, I get it. I think you're probably like helping corral people into the right place or handing them paperwork. Yeah, I see. I, I guarantee you're not giving people injections. Uh, here in Tucson, they have TMC has a pretty good outdoor drive through thing. It was super smooth, other than the guy almost giving me the wrong vaccine. And I rode my bike through U of A today, and they're on the lawn in front of McHale Center. I just had hundreds of cars, people getting vaccinated. Isn't the needle super long? I don't think so. I didn't notice. Oh, someone told me. I think me- it's just, uh, I don't even know. It might just be subcutaneous. I don't even know if it's. It might be like a diabetic needle, but I don't know. Maybe it's bigger. No, someone told me it had to go into your muscle. And yeah, so, okay. so it's, it's IM. That's what they call it. I guess. Intramuscular. So, so those it's are a usually long bigger. It's a, yeah, but I mean, it's not It's not like a fucking tetanus shot or something. Is a tetanus it's shot like taking, a long shot? It's like shot? taking steroids. Is a tetanus shot a long shot? Or I don't know. Needle? Wasn't it a big one? There was one that was always big that people got scared of, and I thought it was tetanus. I don't know. I remember once uh, my dad's medical assistant, I had a little crush on her when we worked together, and she was like, hey, Julian, can I practice this shot on you? And I was like, sure. And she took me into the the exam room, and I thought she was just going to like use a fake needle or something, and she was like practicing <laughs> her aim. But no, she straight up injected me with the most painful shot I've ever had in my life. It was the fattest little needle and and she just injected saline solution into me. And it was so fucking painful. I was like, what the fuck? Oh, she put it into your vein? I don't know where she put it, but wherever she put it, it fucking hurt. She probably thought that you had like big ass veins and got like a I don't know much about it. They have like sixteen gauges or pretty fucking big. No, I think she knew I had a little crush on her, and she was seeing how far she could push it with me. She wanted to go as deep as possible. Yeah, so she... And then later that night, Julian went even deeper. No, I didn't. We never hooked up. Uh, Oh, I remember her. Yeah, my old roommate. I remember you having... I think we all had a crush on her. Oh, it was your old roommate? Yeah. Okay, I was thinking of someone else, but I remember her too. Are you talking about her sister? You had so many random roommates. It was like a revolving door of weirdos. Yeah. I had one guy that would pee in my dryer whenever he got drunk. Yeah. Remember him? Jimmy. Jimmy. He would he was, literally. Yeah. So I, quick story. I got hired at this restaurant, Raz, that my friend Angel was the head chef of. And my first day, he goes, hey, Julian, you're looking for a roommate, right? And I said, yeah. He goes, this guy needs a place to live. Uh, can he move in with you? And I was like desperate at this point. And, and so I kind of talked to him and then asked my friend is like, is he a cool dude? He goes, yeah, he's super cool. So I was like, yeah, sure. You want to move in? He goes, yeah, man. So he comes over and he literally shows up with a trash bag. And that was it. And he starts sleeping on the couch. I'm like, Hey man, you like, you have some more stuff you got to move in. He goes, yeah, it's in my old apartment. We'll go to it one day. And I like kept offering. I had a truck at the time to like help him move. And he kept like coming up with excuses of why he wasn't going to move. And then I started to realize all he owned was this trash bag full of clothes and he was just sleeping on my couch. So basically a homeless guy moved into Julian's house. Yes. And then peed in his dryer. Yeah. And so then like I woke up one day and I was getting my laundry out of the dryer and it just reeked like urine. Like what the fuck? 
And so, and I knew my roommate got like blacked out drunk the night before and I didn't. And so I was like, dude, did you pee in the dryer? And he goes, no. Like, well, my clothes reek like piss. And I know I didn't pee in the dryer. So I know there's only two of us here. So it had to be you. And he like denies like, no way, dude. And then it happened again. And then a third time. And I was like, going to have to kick this dude out. And then luckily he got arrested and went to prison. And I never had to deal with it. Uh, And you would think that you would have learned your lesson about inviting strange people into your house, but it still took like another 11 years. Uh, I still do it to this day. We're just in COVID times. So I haven't done it in a while, but right before COVID times, I've definitely, I had two people randomly that I met at the bar, like not more than two years ago come over and crash at my house and coral woke up and was like we probably shouldn't invite random people to our house and i'm like yeah they're fine yeah you probably shouldn't probably not julian brandon and i and our girlfriends and wives are going to do a trip later this year to new orleans and brandon and i had to have a serious conversation about if we all shared a bear airbnb how much of a risk it would be to for julian to have weird people sleeping on the couch and we decided that we didn't trust him so we're getting a hotel uh, that's still up in the air. I'm just kidding. That's not really why, but we did. We were worried about it. Oh, shut up. So we just figured if we locked you down on nobody sleeping on the couch, that they would, we had like a 90% chance that we'd be okay. I don't think I've ever invited anyone to stay the night at an Airbnb except a friend, but maybe I wouldn't put it past me. Jake did that. Me, Guy and Jake at an Airbnb in Chicago. And without telling us, Jake was just like, Oh, by the way, Joe's staying here, and his friend Joe was just sleeping on our couch. Like, right off the bat, just came in, ended up being the drunkest guy there, was, like, obnoxious, and I was like, Jake, I fucking hate you. Sounds about right. Jake is actually catching up to you. He's had a, he's doing, he's been doing some some Julian moves the last couple times I've been on vacations with him. Well, maybe me and Jake should go on a vacation together. We'll get along real well. (laughs) Yeah, and just see how many fucking weird guys you can wrangle up. (laughs) Let's do it, man. I'll I'll beat Jake any day of the week. Yeah, he will. You're the master. All right, Austin. Well, this has been fun, but you can lick my taint because I'm done with you. <sighs> All right, I will, but only because I love you. Yeah, well, I just love the way your tongue feels. So, But you, to our audience members, I love you, and I would really like it if you would email very us. genuine, Julian. Hey, thanks. Email us. Tell you meant it. I did. At just the tips pod at AOL.com or message us on Instagram or send us a photo at just the tips podcast. And is there any other way to reach us, Austin? Why do you need so many ways for people to reach us? I don't know because they're not using any of them. So I want to give them the emails, emails plenty. Yeah, well, it's not because they're, they need to find more ways because they don't care also i have not been checking the aol because it doesn't work with my apple mail i don't know why so i don't know if i hope you have been i mean you don't I need th- to check it now julian i think it comes in i think it comes in on my uh my phone okay it doesn't work on your apple mail i have it on mine i don't know it's it's messed up and i never bothered to fix it so i'll figure it out okay we don't need to do this now. let's end the show goodbye bye should i put on the tim mcgraw tonight Oh, it's so good. No, I put my protection on as soon as I step out of the car.
and yeah, I felt so much more confident and I still feel very confident. Shout out to Fabio. You want to get the maximum amount of handling and I would just douse myself. It's that my dick is too big for my shorts. I don't have the room for it. It's so fucking hard. It's one of the most valuable substances in the world. Freshly produced is kind of nice. I knew all the little secret places. There's so many nooks and crannies that you're always discovering. Speaking of eggs, have you, you've, you, you've had happy eggs, right? You've never had happy eggs? It's a brand of, uh, eggs. And these are the best eggs I've ever had. They are so freaking good. I eat a lot of eggs in our family. Try to buy the best eggs, seven or eight bucks for 12 eggs, $6 for the regular happy eggs. And you know, your cheap shitty eggs are like $3. You'll taste where that money went, let me tell you. Have I told you about duck eggs? It's like, oh, you ever had duck eggs? I was like, no. If you can find good duck eggs, they bought a dozen duck eggs. Dude, these eggs, one duck egg is the equivalent of two chicken eggs. People are going to go out and try those eggs. Dude, you have so much to teach me about eggs. And you'll be real happy when your dick's getting taken care of because your eggs are so good. I haven't been able to eat a duck egg since because I guess there was some scene in Miami Vice where that happened. Yeah, that was me. One of the best things ever is corn on the cob. You get some quality corn on the cob. We'd get the best corn and get that fresh corn and it was just so sweet and juicy. Julie, quit eating that corn. If we were going to like splurge, that's what we would splurge on. I, I still enjoy a nice glass of chocolate milk sometimes. Get so into it, myself motivated to do crazy shit. My clothes reek like piss. I was high on several drugs, but transformed himself into a stud muffin of muscle. Shout out to Fabio. Say it out loud. Shout out to Fabio. And actually, I have one more little tip before I leave. Uh, it's that my dick is too big for my shorts.